we're back, we're back, we're back with Mr. Garner, Dr. Garner, rather, my wonderful brother. Um, and we're going to close this series. He will meet with us once a month, and we'll have wonderful discussions on just catching up and tuning in to what's up and whatever, whatever, but um, be the last uh, of this conversation. But um, we want to close it with inner strength, and one of the things we we fail to understand that um, one of the things, the glorious things we do have is control of uh, what's on, going on in our lives, the choices. People always say, so-and-so made me do it. Well, everything you do in your life is a choice. Everything that's in your life is a choice you made. So accountability on that alone is big for me. Um, and it took, I mean, it's not like it just came overnight for me, but um, but this uh, pandemic last thing, you know, it's been, it's coming. Well, wait, is it the 22nd is when it was a year for me not working. So I want to say, yeah, this is a month when everything started to slow down. And one of the things that um, we are made to be within ourselves, we're isolated to deal with not only family and children and relatives, but ourselves. So what did we learn about ourselves in these last 12 months? Did we like what we see, saw? Um, did we learn things about ourselves? Did we even seek that? Or were we so concentrated on going back to what is uh, supposedly a normal? But did you go inside? I mean, I went inside um, deep. And one of the things landed me, I have to say, since the last time we recorded, I transitioned to the state of Washington. So I'm in Seattle, Washington. Um, and my brother, hi, Art, is in Michigan. I'm still a Michigander. I'm always be that. But um, one of the things we were just talking about is understanding uh, inner strength and uh, dealing with a difficult day. How do we uh, understand? I, I when I have a diff- like I had a difficult day uh, yesterday, two days ago. I think it was two days ago. And one of the things um, I did was I stopped myself because one we landed here uh, Saturday. Um, I was my son made me stay on the truck. <laughs> he said, "Watch your stuff, mom." And uh, I was gonna hear all these voices, and he's already befriended two young men, and they helped. They literally unloaded this truck within forty five minutes. They had me unloaded. And it was interesting to listen to uh, one of the young men. Well, actually, both of them said it at different points. And they said, we felt you coming. And it's weird, you know, because one of the things I'm a big person, I'm praying and, praying and seeing it in, in, in the future. So if I pray for it and I think it's aligned in my purpose, I see it. And um, even with driving through the mountains, which scared the living tar out of me, um, and then watching my nephew and my son look like cartoon characters in the truck in front of me as well. Uh, I always knew covered and protected. And then when I got there, it was a certain, I don't even know what to say. It was a certain presence here for me. And my confirmation came from two strangers. And they they called me. <laughs> they said, where's mom? Where's mom? 
And the young man, he said, I want to say to you, I don't know, something about you is so positive. And I thought that was a wonderful feeling because I had been seeking inner, been seeking loving me more and close and getting closer in my relationship with my faith. So I said all that to say that's we what we were discussing before we started recording, which I wish we were already recording, but I know we can go backwards. We can. Well, I don't even think it's, you know, for me, and what you said a lot of um, very powerful things there, and, you know, with inner strength. And as we were talking before, you know, the recording is really about, um, and that there's kind of a summation I, for me as I get older. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can yeah. Because yeah. I'm in Michigan. I, said, I know it's like a three hour delay. I don't want it, you know. You know what? Uh, <laughs> you know, but but being um, uh, going through change, and as I said to you before, I said COVID kind of stopped us in our tracks. Oh uh, yeah. COVID has forced us to forced us in our homes, forced us to not be in communion with one another, not to be in a social atmosphere with one another, and so, and uh, instead of I was doing some research on, you know, asking the question, why, you know, ask, what's your why? And I tell my staff that too, you know, what's your why? Why are you doing this? You know, if you're only doing this to make money and not make a difference where when I did my doctorate, it's about social change. And so with social change, you know, you have to challenge some status quo. So as we were talking before, so I had one of these, you know, I'm so thankful for my, my wife and my children. And one of the things that's interesting about, that I have to separate those two, even though they're a part of me as a whole, because my wife, as I said, she's the mother of my children, but my children are going to grow up and leave and go away. And what's interesting about your transition is that your kids are grown, graduated from college, and a lot of people, and you don't talk about it. One of the things that's interesting about you, you have three kids and they all graduate from college, and that's kind of unheard of for a single mother. So what I was doing is research on about why, you know, my relationship as we before we came on is like my relationship with God is getting much, much closer because now I'm starting to understand some things and things that scriptures that we were supposed to memorize and you memorize them, but you don't really understand what they are. And then as you start breaking those things down uh, and when we come from brokenness and I can say <clears throat> I can stand on it here and say, you know, I come from a divorce home. We got two sets of, you know, grandparents, four sets, actually four sets of grandparents, two sets of parents. And they were trying to figure out how to raise kids or not raise kids and all that kind of stuff. And I remember when we were talking about uh, abandonment and or um, rejection. And it's like, well, that's kind of part of what this inner strength comes from, because you have to fail in order for you to succeed. So I'm doing my research and you just said it. You have to put yourself first. So when you put yourself first, but some people and I'm going through that right now because I never put myself first. It was always about when we come from this divorce home and come from this brokenness, I had to take care of my sisters. And then I get two more sisters out of a new marriage, a new family. So I got four sisters. I got to be this pinnacle. I got to be this pristine person that they have to, that I'm hoping that they follow. And then when I turn around, what I've learned is like, they ain't even following. <laughs> They're doing their <laughs> own thing. And it's not a bad thing, but it was like I was held to that standard. But I also know that, but way. it wasn't necessarily that you were held at that standard. That was the expectation of us of being well, you. And when we well, and I and I do agree with that. And I, I do think that again. But when you have people who have children at a young age, they're trying to figure this out 
uh, as they go along. And so when I think about that, and when I say that, and I don't mean that I wanted you guys following my steps, it's really, as I get older, I don't realize, I'm realizing now the damage that could have been done to a person to kind of live up to the expectation, because I was a good kid. I was a kid that didn't always get in trouble. And when I did get in trouble, and I think we talked it about wasn't, this before. But you know what? Tried, the thing about it is, it wasn't our young parents. It was the roles that were placed above us by our grandmother. And God, I and we adore her. That that's what she knew. And the one thing is, I remember her saying, <coughs> excuse me, iron the sheet. I had iron sheets. I had iron curtains. And oh, then she was like, Lily. And she would say, Lily, you got to take out the garbage. You got to do the yard. She, and there were certain roles that were that were placed and expectations on us in these roles. And one of the things I remember, um, <clears throat> excuse me, living on Watkins, one my our baby sister Alexis wandered off. Um, mm -hmm. I just remember chasing her chasing, chasing after, after Uncle, Uncle Alan, Alan. going yep. down uh, <laughs> uh, that, that was and Eastern Street, was, East, Eastern Hall. Did she cross Eastern? No, no she didn't I caught her. I, I caught her before she went across the street. So, me, so yeah, it was like I had to. That's why I got my speed from. So I learned how to run. And I ran track. That's why I got my speed from. Because like, where is she? So I just started running, well, just kind of figure out what direction did she go in. And so I think, um, the, and let me let me say this about that. Okay, so what you said was that part of it was again uh, uh, a common uh, a culmination of who we are as people well, wait, I'm gonna let you, wait let me tell you what happened and then you go i want you to go from because it's about you i want you to go from there because what happened mm -hmm. was she we all i am her we never lost alexis lovey as we call it. Mm -hmm. and it, it was i mean she, she was literally street player she was quick mm -hmm. And one thing is, I, I kid you not, you took your eyes off of her, maybe two seconds, but you caught her. And what made me hurt was Glenda saying, you were responsible. And it was like, no, but if you weren't over here with Basie in the kitchen, why, why, why is that our responsibility? I just remember her coming hard on you because it was your responsibility, watching your sister. I just remember her being hard on you. And <laughs> it, it's a role. I, and one other time I remember her hitting me in the chest. And I'm trying to remember what that one was for. We're on Watkins. We were, 1024 Watkins because I didn't take out the garbage. That was and, and the because I forgot one. because that I was, was reading a book. Because I was Neal. reading that a was book up on the other side. Yep. Yeah, mm -hmm. that was Watkins and Neelands, and that was where she getting ready to take us to school. She told us we couldn't take the bus because we didn't clean up something, and it was really weird. That and she goes, "Did you take out the trash?" That I remember, but I remember that hit, and I was like, "What is wrong with you?" She had a '73 Monte Carlo where the seats turned. I can tell you that yep. exactly where I was. <laughs> <laughs> but, but two, there's two things with that, and, and I think that, and then I'll get to the other piece about how that makes you stronger. So I tell people a lot of times when I think about them getting divorced, I was six years old and I remember it like it was yesterday. I remember putting my yeah, arms I around see. dad and saying, he said, you got to be the man of the house. Okay. Yeah. And then the, the, the that. piece that you talked about is that what granny did to us and part of what granny did, she, what she did, she was actually repetitive in what she was telling us because we had already learned how to do that without her. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, so yeah. when we moved in with her, she was just trying to, she was trying to be a surrogate parent because again, and, it, and again, our steps are ordered and, and our, God has a plan for all of us, really. And yeah. so when you say that, when you think about that time with Alexis and the, the, the chest, me being chastised from that, there's two things that's really significant. And you that. were always quiet. That's another thing. You never said a word. And you, mm-hmm. I just remember her, her punching you that one time. And then mm-hmm. I remember daddy sitting you down. And he, he, I remember him being on his knees saying, hey, man, daddy loves you. He hugged you. I remember him saying, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be here all the time. I hugged, I and I hugged him. And I remember it was, t- it was 12.25 Bemis. I knew exactly where it was. was exactly. On the porch, it was and I watched him walking yeah. Bemis and Logan went out. That's the last time I, I saw his back, and I saw him just drive off, and because his car was parked around the corner. And so, with with that being said, well, um, I'm, things- I'm sorry, I gotta just say that if you look at all our pictures when we were little, all of our pictures are with him. Every picture mm-hmm. I went through, even just before I moved here, I went through every picture. We have very few pictures with with our mother. It's always with our father. Mm-hmm. Okay, but anyway, go ahead. Well, that's what that's where the two things come from. That, that's where the two things come from when we're dealing with that brokenness. So when you're dealing with that brokenness, you come from two people that really didn't. They were trying to figure out how to be parents, and then you had the old school way of how you did things back then in the early late '60s and early '70s, and all the way halfway through the '70s. But mm-hmm. one of the things that I used to and I tell and tell my wife this sometimes, I said, and dad and I talk about this too. It's like, I always, until I was maybe, I think they got married in my, Wendy mom and dad got married 83, maybe my sophomore year in high I was school. Four, I, I, yeah, I, I, was ni- I was in ninth I think, grade. Yeah. I think it was halfway through my, um, ju- my sophomore year in high school. But the reality of that was I always thought I was a mistake until then. Okay. So it's like, if I wasn't mm-hmm. born, this would, none of this would have happened. And again, that's kind of the uh, me being the. And it doesn't of help that that's the story that that's told to us as well. That and well, I mean, that's, that's, that's my well. Let me, that, okay, well, let me finish. Okay, and one of the things mm-hmm. with that is that those two things and what you saw and how I dealt with it was that I was still dealing with. If I wasn't born, you wouldn't have had this problem. But now I'm here. That's not my fault. Okay, yeah. and, I, and, mm-hmm. and part of it was that, and at that time, I had to really be careful because it was always those. On uh, those threats of, um, you can just go live with your dad. I'm like, okay, well, let's do that. And then when you when I would question her that, then that would t- piss her off. And then the other thing that was really the other piece to that, being a mistake and being the boy that looks like him, drove her crazy. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. and and that would just like, oh, you just remind me so much of your daddy. You know, I'm like, I'm like, I don't even act like him. You know, so but, but, but that was part of her <laughs> issue. Was not my issue. And so mm-hmm. when I got over that, and I, and I, you know, that's one of the things why I miss Mama Wendy so much. And I think that's kind of what I've been going through. It's like, okay, and podcast land. I'm gonna tell you, I had I called my doctor. I said, man, I need to know, do men go through menopause? And he just laughed. And he's like, Art, what are you talking about? I said, man, hey, I'm sitting up here crying for no reason. I'm going through these emotional episodes, and it's like, and I know I'm stronger than that. But I like, well, why is they said, well, you probably just need to let it go. And I'm like, what? So he sent me a video of the 12 things that cause depression. And so, Can so I ask people a who question? Go, mm-hmm. Why do you correlate strength and crying? Why do you, why, why do you piece those two? 
Yeah, you I didn't. I, but, well, part of it, well, well, I'm strong, period. Let me, let me say that because I've got crying I've gone doesn't make you either weak nor strong. I'm, I'm crying. I'm, is okay, well, that's again, that's my sister protecting her brother podcast. Well, I'm just saying that. that's, not a, that's not a weakness nor a strength. Crying is emotional. And I don't ever equate that to it. I think it was the uncontrollable piece okay. to it that I didn't understand. Okay. And so I'm not gonna, and now I've been a crybaby all my life. I cried everything, I cried weddings. And my, <laughs> my my baby brother, cousin Troy, he'll but tell you, you I cried all through his. You are a controlled being that is not. You are but a controlled person, but now I think in some ways, <clears throat> without having that as a educator, I think in some ways you don't feel like you are controlled subconsciously, not consciously. Well, well, I'm gonna get to the point. Well, we, we uh, podcast land, and uh, as one, I want I want you guys to understand before we came on. It's like I've been I I, I joined a men's group in my church, and part of it's really yeah. the older I get. No, well, the older I get, <laughs> things that I've learned by reading the Bible, the foundational pieces that was given to me that I didn't understand. I'm starting to understand. It's kind of like, what the what? You know, or I read a, st- or I read a parable, or I read uh, the Proverbs, and then, oh, I've, I've read this many times. And what's interesting about reading that many times is that now it makes sense. Before it was like, oh, yeah, that makes, oh, yeah, I can live like that. But now it's like, oh, hit you in the chest, kind of, wow, you know, that's really powerful. And one of the things I'm learning is that God wants our heart. And that there's a process of having a relationship with him. I don't care what religion. I don't get caught up in denominations and religion. It's right. This is what he said. This is what he promised. This is what my purpose is. Can I ask a and, question? Yeah. Okay. No, of course um, you can. Was saying I was that. Roll too. Um, you're just gonna ask me a question right in the middle of that. Go ahead. No, no, because I, I don't want to lose it because it's in the moment of mm-hmm. what you're speaking. Speaking. Mm-hmm. So, do you? I, I personally, I think. Do you think he's because nothing is is new under the sun, first of all. <laughs> nope. And the thing is, the only thing that changes is environment elements, but sometimes he gives us things at certain times. Um, and, and some people go, I heard, I heard some people say, I have been through this several times because I keep choosing the wrong thing. God, I, and sometimes it's not that you're choosing the wrong thing, it's that he's prepared hearing you each time it may not be what you see it as but if we look through the lens see we have sometimes being here as human beings we have we have a worldly lens so sometimes we forget to to look bigger than what we look beyond ourselves i guess that's what i'm saying so sometimes within that not because you said you weren't ready for that but do you think it can cycle back around and he said he has prepared you for you to go through that door? You know what I'm saying? It's like, say mm-hmm. you, you may have seen this. It looks familiar, that deja vu feeling. And then now you're at that deja vu, meaning that you've done this before. Now, what choice should I make? Because I don't remember what I made before, but this is that moment. I know it is. I get those moments and you said that just now. It's like you weren't ready for it. But I feel like sometimes it comes back around and it's like, okay, I'm here again. What mm-hmm. did I do last time? Because if I'm here again, is it because of a lesson and I'm going to repeat it again? Or is it because this is the door I need to go through? Well, like- well I think a lot of times with um, there have been many people who have been very faithful, who have been very 
about God and never got to their blessing. The end game, in my opinion, is the kingdom. Yep. And that what we do here, and I'm going to share this with you as you were talking, and kind of where I was going was that there's three really kind of buckets I put this in going through research because it, for a long time when things bad things happen to us, just like you said, and why we keep making the same thing is because we ask, why are you doing this to me, God? And he's not doing anything to you. It is connected to your choice. But the reality of it is God is a teacher, not, exactly. a, yes. not, not a tempter. So one of the things in, our, in my men's group that we talked about was that, you know, people forget about enticement. So there's three things that you look at with enticement. So there could be something that you want, that you really think that you deserve. You know, like people say, God, they'll pray to God, say, I want to win a lotto, but they ain't doing nothing else to make it <laughs> even visible <laughs> to that. Or, and part of that enticement is self-promotion, self-us. I got a funny we'll, one for you. You know, we'll Somebody get to God. Praying on it, saying, I want that car. Say, now, if he give you that car, you're going to give people rides that need rides. Where's mm-hmm. that car? You. Oh, they got mad. But, but the thing with that is, who purpose does it serve? It's ours. Exactly. It's not his. So mm-hmm. if he gives me a car, and you know, even in my, in my old winter beater, which is a 2006 <laughs> BMW, that I'm like, maybe I should just get rid of it. It still starts. It's still running. It's and why classic. would I get rid of it? Man, it's it, well, it's not even a classic, I think, but that's part of me being in control. I think the other thing that I've learned is that there is this lessons of uh, he teaches us and sometimes he makes us go, he allows us to go through that because he wants your heart. And most things start with your heart. And so if you start with your heart and then you go back up, and I hear people say this all the time, well, I got to pray to God about it. But are you really? Girl, pray- your heart is deceived. Dece- heart can be deceived. It, it, but it's not even deceiving. Everything starts with that. So, but but yeah. if you're not doing it in a in a way that is pleasing to him or giving him the glory, then you're not going to get it. So, mm-hmm. I, and I and I, the older I get, I realize that you know I'm just gonna have to pray for my children. I can't change them. They're gonna do what they want to do. I have a different spirit than my boys have, or me and Melena may not have the same way that but we why approach. Why would you want to change them? I, I'm not trying to change anything. Again, oh, that's okay. part of my temptation. So I'm getting to that. Oh, oh okay. so the other thing with the teacher and the temptation. I've learned to ask him the question, what do you want me to get out of this? And how does it serve your purpose? Where maybe 15 years ago, I'd go through something and go, why are you doing this? All right, guys, this is what you want. This is kind of how we do it. But it's not really what he wants. He wants me to take a step back. And that means go and talk to him. And so the third piece of that is your commitment to him versus your will. And that's a challenge for a lot of people. So, you know, uh, one of the things I hear uh, a friend of mine who was an alcoholic and we were talking how he recovered and, and he was he would quote things out of the Bible. I said, but do you really understand what that quote means? I said, could you explain that to me? He said, well, I just, I just know that it is. I said, okay, but do you understand you committed yourself, first of all, not to, to go through that? Or I have a friend that was uh, addicted to porn and his thing was, Man, if I go in this, if I go to the store, I'm like, well, stop going to the store. And he's like, it's not that simple, Art. Let me show you. I'm like, I'm not going there. And he was like, well, well, if you won't go, then you don't understand what I'm struggling with. Well, it doesn't make sense. But part of that was his will, not his commitment. His and will was. He can't ask you to understand a struggle that you've never been through. 
See when that's and that's one thing that I but think, it's but again my point is being is that if you're committed to developing a relationship with God or you're yes. to a point in your life that you're uh, and some people come to that and some people have not been that and I also think that your relationship with God is your relationship so and don't ask, so don't ask me so I'm going to give you a definition so and part of that definition is just your will so if you're not going to commit to that you have to will yourself to commit. But you know, when people are new to you know, when they're new and they say somebody came to me and they're they're like, I just uh I just committed myself to Christ and better you know, the first thing I say to them, and I don't say it in a way to discourage them. I I literally say, be ready to finish because the one thing is if you have the expectation now that you've walked into this light that you're never going to fail and that nothing's ever going to go wrong then you're already lying to yourself but but, so but here's a, here's a, let me let me add something to that though but let me add something to that but that's a problem and the reason why I say that's a problem somebody that's new to it don't need us that's been in it long time to tell them how they're going to go through it well we I have know. to be that's what I they come but to but me I think, but in the way that you say it, though, and I'm not saying that you said it was wrong, but I want you to understand how they perceive it, how they hear it. That you might not, that's not might be, might be your intent, but how people hear that. So again, they may not have the same, and I'm going to use our topic for today, the same inner strength that you have in your walk. So somebody that's walking through the threshold. Oh, I, don't, or, I don't leave it there. I open it up I'm, for conversations of understanding. Yeah, but here's how you, it and I'm not, and but sometimes you just have to pray with them, and and that's it, <laughs> and not even leave it for them to decide because they're so new and in their mind they're thinking they're they're worried about what you think instead of you saying hey let's go to the word or let's pr- stop I'm gonna pray for you right now. There's a lot of times and I had to say this to you before you left because you was like and I could hear it in your voice and you're. You're, you're conflicted because what is my family going to think? And I know you don't really care what we think, and, I, and but you do. But that's partly because you're leaving a piece of you behind to go somewhere to start something new all by yourself. And I'm like, how many? And, I, and I'm so proud of the fact that you did that because you had to train your, your mind. You had to train your emotional. But part of it, physically, you're ready to go. But part of it is you still have to struggle with the mental and emotional. And there's a conflict a lot of times with that. And because you, you're worried about, you know, we're worried about power. No, my biggest thing is I was too available. And, it, and I made myself that way. And I wasn't available for me. So well, I that's got a, lost well, that's the point. all but of that. that. So now that I'm here, I'm available to own me. So but that's part of that's part of the you found that for yourself. You put yourself first. But in doing that, and you know, like when people lift weights or jog and run, and I'm like, well, I already doing it. And again, part of my crisis was I'm to a point in my life. Well, yeah, my two older, you know, this COVID thing started. We confined. Now we're around one another so much. In my or my, my and I was blessed to have all my people with me. So my wife is with me, my three kids are home, but they were seeing it so much differently than I was seeing it. I was just happy that they were home. I didn't know that it was going to be this smothering peace for the older two. So when they made a decision to leave, I was like, wait a minute, you can't just leave me, you know, but then I was arrogant in myself because I didn't take care of my, I didn't do what I call 
mental and emotional calisthenics. I'll go downstairs and lift weights. I'll go downstairs and pump, you know, do the stretch thing, get on the elliptical. But that was taking care of my physical stuff, but I wasn't taking care of the emotional piece. So when I called the doctor the other day, it was kind of like, what is this feeling? And he was like, well, and I was like, I hope I'm not getting depressed. Well, being confined like that could be. But when he gave me the list of signs to look for, six of the 12 I had. And part of it was being irritable and being quick to, you know, to start something that like really is not that important. And taking advice for some people or from folks that really care about you and hearing, but not really listening to what they're saying. So I had to make a, you know, when you talk about choice and you said that earlier, said it's choice and control. And one of the biggest things, me being a, a principal, a teacher, a coach, uh, I'm a leadership coach, I'm a president of a nonprofit, you know, I do things with... Being um, a leader in general. But here's what I learned. And being submissive to your emotions is something different in a leadership Outlook. But I've always, like, but I've always worried about... This way uh, as a leader, but now my emotions are transferring me into something that I'm not used to. But this is how I know I'm supposed to be. I don't have control now. What is this supposed to be? But, That's but what, here's what I. But this is why I ask, what do I'm supposed to learn with this? And so when I yeah. ask that, here's what I learned. And this is funny because when I got my doctorate, people's like, oh, you're going to get paid. And I'm like, that's not what I got my doctorate for. I got my doctorate because I love learning. I learned. I, and now I'm an expert in helping other people learn. And I'm an expert in education. And I'm an expert in a leader, administrative leadership to help people become better as to help our kids. Well, the system is set up against that. So one of the things that uh, I think is important uh, to point out with the control portion of it, what I am learning, I have not been in control of anything, even though I'm a leader, but I'm, I've, uh, the premise of it was I was trying to create something. I'm trying to leave something better. So if I ever walked away, it was better before I got here. So once you know, when I got the, when you're gone, it, it, good it's leadership. still there, it's still there, yeah, but yeah, here's the thing. Happens. And I said this earlier. So here's what I've learned with being with my men's group is that when we're talking about temptation, my temptation was to be in control. And it's different because it wasn't about um, alcohol, wasn't about drugs, wasn't about um, degrading women. It wasn't any of those things. It was control. And then I realized, just like when I got my doctorate, they go, what do you know now? I learned from my doctorate with all of the degrees I have is that I have to continue to learn. Addiction comes in all kinds of phases. Oh, and and it, and it, but that's one that was my vice. And so once yeah. I figured that out, and so and I, and once I talked to my doctor, it was Wednesday. And so once I talked to him, and he was doing it, then I called my pastor, and then he prayed for me, and then I called my men's group leadership, and he prayed, and we prayed together. But they didn't. The thing that they didn't do. And that's what I was saying before. Is that part of my inner strength was I got to let go of that control. And so then once I talked to my wife about it. And she says, honey, I've known this for a long time because, as you said, joy and happiness aren't the same thing. Also, so, give yourself grace because what you've learned, you got to understand what you've done. If it's a feeling of emotion that you've had over a series of years, we have to understand the baby steps in the process and transitioning. You're going to go through all those emotions because things we live in is a microwave world so once we figure things out we think it's supposed to expand stick out 
it's going to take a process for your brain to channel itself differently. <laughs> and, you know, and my devotion this morning when, when I, you know, read it and gave my little two cents, my two little two sentences, one of the things I, uh, I'm learning how to do is to embrace what I'm scared of. Um, and that's like, I'm not scared of pretty much nothing. And, but the, the lack of <clears throat> giving up that control, I have to embrace Great. that. So, Give yourself grace. And so, God gives it to yeah. you free. Well, uh, he well he gives me the grace. I can't give my grace. I have to ask him for grace, and so I think that he gives you grace tra- Well, but but the thing well, I understand. But well, let me let me pick, take that bigger than that. When we keep putting ourselves as his equal, that's dangerous. And so I'll and part of that is again, I can't see I you doing be, that. No, what I'm saying though is that when you say give myself grace, no, I have to keep asking him to be show me his grace and mercy. Show me but what I, I, I get what you're saying. I'm saying, but one thing we don't give ourselves. Yeah, God's going to give you grace if you ask him. But one thing we're hard on ourselves. You have to give yourself grace. I'm not saying you're more powerful or making grace any way, shape or form. We don't give ourselves. We're harder on ourselves. And sometimes that is okay to say, okay, let's, let's give myself a I give myself some grace. I'm not saying it, it has nothing to do with you being equal with God. I'm saying to ourselves. We beat, ourselves all, we beat ourselves up all the time. And we have to understand we we are, sometimes we may not hit hit the mark that we're looking for. And it should be okay that we don't. Now what do we do after that? What is the solution? But that's where we give ourselves the grace there. Instead of beating ourselves up and saying, I knew I should have, I should have. But wait a minute, what did I learn from this? So I'm going to give think, my that understanding instead of beating myself up. What can I learn from this situation? That's what I mean by grace. I know God but, gives us grace if we ask, but I'm talking about for ourselves. But here's the human side of that. And I think that's, <laughs> uh, and again, and not, and I'm not, hopefully I'm not contradicting what you, and I understand what you're saying. But you're once fine. you, <clears throat> but once you realize how to, and here's the thing that I've always struggled with is that once I get my mind focused on something, and it's interesting because my wife sure pointed it out to me. She said, "Honey, one of the strengths that you have is that once you get focused on it, you there's no way because it's always mission work." But I also have to learn, and this is something that's taken me, you know, the last four or five years to start thinking about is to declutter my mind so I can rest. We're saying and, and the same I, thing. You're just saying. I like how you said it. We're both we're saying the same thing. It's just differently, and that's what I wanted you to do. I wanted you to explain it how you see it because my perception, mm-hmm. your perception, is the same. We just look. We see it differently, and I like how you just said. It. Well, it's so, just yeah, it's, 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 it's decluttering your mind. Yeah. Um, again, right. again, because part of and, and again, I guess it's, I guess we are saying I don't want to contradict it because I think it's really mm-hmm. no, no, I like um, because I, 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 I have to be careful because it goes back to that temptation piece that I have. It's like you know I want to be in control of it, but we as humans always want to put God in our image, and it's the other way around. And so as I'm learning how to do so and how I build inner strength. Is letting and again, I'm clearing my mind. So when I and not even talking about this is kind of therapy for me because after talking to my doctor, talking to my pastor, talking to my you know, my my men's group leader, and then my boss calls and he says, you know, maybe you should take a you know maybe you should take a step away. And I'm like, when I first I was thinking like, well, you trying to fire me, dude? And then I'm like, well, but but then I was like, I preach it. My organization is about social emotional learning and intelligence and being aware of self. 
But part mm-hmm. of that control mechanism has always been for me is to make sure that others are comfortable, make sure others have what they need. And that goes back to like when you said, I got hit in the chest for not taking out the garbage. But part of that mm-hmm. was not, uh, it had nothing to do with me, but it was all about what she had to deal with. First of all, I'm going to hit you because you the mistake that started this mess. You know, oh, really? Oh, I yeah, was the mistake. It was not clear. The child's mind goes, so well, I heard you say this, I heard you say that, so this is why you're doing this to me. Instead of mm-hmm. instead of parent saying, no, this is not why, and, and making that, that, that communication. Well, she was a clear, child herself, why, and I think I think she and that's was a child why I herself. This my podcast is about, and that's why I want you to talk like you are talking, speaking like you are, because it's about open conversation. It's about having that platform. I want the platform where you feel comfortable in space, and it's okay. And I want a different thing because yes, we mm-hmm. did come, we grew up in the same culture, but our perceptions are different. But they do oh, a lot. Sure. They very that much confused me so much. There's been many times I was like, wait a minute, we were raised by the same group of people. I'm like, I know that we didn't see that differently. But I think that as we get older, um, you become, I'm becoming, I'm learning how to become my own best friend now. What's funny about that? You're building a relationship <clears throat> with yourself and you're going. Hmm. Well, but part of that, but part of that goes back <laughs> to how, how the, like, the foundational pieces of what God has already put in our heart. But I mm-hmm. also re- remember. And I'm going to use Cat Williams. So, Cat Williams, don't charge my sister for this because you said it. (laughs) I wake up in the morning, and I've always done this. And when I first heard him say, that's what it is. I'm my own star player on my team. So I got to make sure on my team, I got to tell myself in the mirror that I'm I'm going to take the last shot. I'm going to be the one to catch Uh the touchdown. Actually, I might be the one to throw the football to myself so I can catch the score to touchdown. I'm going to be the best goalie. All of those things. But I also have to – I've – and, you know, when you talked about those adverse times that we had when we were younger, I tell my wife one time, I said, the reason why I want to make sure I had stability, because we moved four or five times before I was 12 years old. And part of it had to do was there was no practice of calm. It was always a crisis with either with something that every dad, week. Uh, with the perception of what dad week. wasn't doing or with something that was going on with my mom's <laughs> brothers and sisters. And, and it really... I, and, and it's funny because uh, my uncle Gas and I've just been reaching out to him, and you know he'll follow me on Facebook and things like that. Friendly, and one of the things with him is that um, he didn't recognize at the time. I used to babysit them when they were in high school. You know, I used to watch them at my grand nine hundred three Bates folks. That's where I was. That's where we was raised on that street mm-hmm. over there. And um, and yep. my cousin Maurice, my cousin Maurice Daniels lived kid, uh, live adjacent to the on the corner on a, a Dolby and a Bates. But anyway, yeah. but the, the thing was is that at that time, knowing what we had gone through, I had to, and part of me watching them, but also making sure that I was always available for you guys, and was the self control through that adversity. I don't know if you ever remember. There are times where you hear yelling and screaming in the house, and I just walk in the room like, "Why are we yelling?" I don't get all the yelling because I didn't hear nothing but yelling. I didn't hear any words. And so how do you have that self-control in adversity? And what's funny about that, because my kid, and I've sensed that in myself, was that I'm so intense on something, trying to do something right, that it had to be right for me, not right for the person. 
And so mm-hmm. when, you know, when my daughter being you know, where she is in Connecticut and my son living in his, and I was like, why would they leave me? And it's like, wait a minute, that made that about me and it was never about them. So I had to practice some calm in that process. But I also know that I think my, my well, emotional. We come from that phrase. We come from that phrase. I, I, I know my kids, my, I, that phrase is referred to us. So then we make it about us. You listen to that stuff more than I did because I was like, you know what, I got to get the heck up out of no, here. We like, but no, we say we. I know we that I know that phrase was said when that you said that way. Because it's easy to make it about you being uh, the center of attention and yeah. not being not really listening. And uh-huh. so I've mean, even really tried to make sure that, um, and again, and it's something that we have to work on. But again, it's part of the emotional and uh, it's a mental calisthenics that we have to do exercise that we have to do to kind of take ourselves out of the equation and be a better listener um i even tell my staff that i have to be a better listener as your leader because i have him i'm a visionary so i know what it's supposed to look like now how it's going to get there and how we get there i could care less about the roadmap just give me the google map i'll do that but at the same time is that efficient in itself and i think that it wants you once you embrace what what scares you, once you declutter your mind and become your own best friend, you build begin to build that inner strength. It's always it's always yeah. there, and I think that you know. And you and I have talked about this too. I remember a phone call I got when I was maybe first or second year I was a principal in Muskegon, and you called me on his birthday and, and how you phrased it. You didn't say his name, and I was like, "What the heck?" And I'm like, "Let me t- let me explain something to you." I don't care anything about that. I love him from where I am. If he don't love himself enough to want to know who he is on all sides, that's his fault. That ain't got nothing to do with you. But I know mm-hmm. that I, me saying that was not, and again, in, in, in reflection on that, it's like, did I really, I should have just listened a little bit more, but I had to get you off of that because you were letting that consume you. Every, and, and I know that you didn't let it consume you, but I'm like, you got two other kids. That's great. You know, but here's the positive thing about that. As a single mother, here's what the statistics said you weren't supposed to do. You weren't supposed to have kids go to college. Not necessarily. To... It was statistics on my, father, my family. Well, and again, they say they, they said things to you that they would never say to me. <laughs> so I'll say it that yeah. way. It's and partly because they were afraid of, and it was a word that uh, I dealt with um, I'd rather have you spank me than say I was disappointed or I was a disappointment. And part of that yeah. ties back into the brokenness of coming from you have young parents, they're trying to figure out life and they have three kids. And then instead of stopping with three kids, they were blessed with three kids. And for her to not see that as a positive, but see it as what about me, really um, she missed the mark. And again, it's unfortunate that she missed the mark um, it's also, and, it's and it makes a child question. Sometimes it makes a child question, "What did I do?" Well, and I think you but you've had to deal when, with that. You've dealt with that more than anyone else. And I, and I'll just if being from the oldest and looking, you know, trying to make sure that we say you've dealt with that more than anyone else. Because well, when, becoming when, a mother is a different and it, it, it's a different situation. And I have an emotion for this thing that I bear, and it's like. How do you say I don't want to see you? How mm-hmm. do you say how do you walk away from that? But then to try to get my mindset like yours 
by transferring and taking something that was mine and brainwashing me to think I think like you. For you to tell me at 30 years old, stop, Aaliyah, you're not her. It was it was not, and it was hard to explain to you because it's something that was embedded mm-hmm. in me by her because I wanted that approval so bad, but that's what a child does. When I was 30 and you said you're not her and then at that moment I was like he, I didn't give him up I didn't walk away from him that was her story that she placed on mm-hmm. me she, so she manipulated like, and I jokingly <laughs> say to you but I'm kind of serious when I joke about it I said you made the deal with the devil I said and I, you know what I can't undo that at all you can't undo that. You, it, you can't change the past. But what was interesting about that is that you would beat yourself about it. And I was like, wait a minute, you're not her. You were, you trusted. And you went with the okie doke. And you built. And you I believed. kept going, it's my mother. And the thing that yeah. really got me was I kept going, it's my mother. This is so crazy. This but is my mother. What's interesting about that, me. though, <laughs> when maybe five years before that, I had got I had the same thing. It's like, wait a minute, you're supposed to be my mom. You telling me all the stuff I'm yeah. supposed to do as a son. And exactly. I was I think she was living in Greenville at the time. And I we sitting at the table I'm like, you telling me what I'm supposed to do and you ain't doing what you're supposed to do. I mean, please. And I, and again it goes back to what she was going through, those two things, uh, again, that she didn't have as inner strength. And what's interesting about her and her current inner strength is that she's not strong enough to turn around and say, you know what, I was wrong. And or but can I get and you know I forgive her for I the twist that she, she wrong? Do you think she honestly thinks she's wrong? I, don't think I know. She, she well, here's here's how I say this: When I turn forty, oh, and and my youngest and I talk about this because he's asked a couple times about her, and I said, you know what, son, yeah. you don't ever have to worry about that. But the reality of it is, you've been giving so much that sh- you you shouldn't have to miss that kind of stuff. But the reality of it is when I turned 40, I, threw, I don't know if you remember this, I threw a big bar- birthday party at Famous Days for myself. Yeah. And I think for me, that was the the, the period oh, you, I needed. You were yeah, you were I was no, no, but it was the period <laughs> I it was the period I needed on my sentence with that part of that chapter. Oh, because the house blessing, the birth of my older two children, uh, my After marriage, you, my, you, my you, wedding. You. But again, I don't blame in this podcast. Line, oh, I don't blame her for that stuff. So that's how right. she functioned. I said, that and so we might have some. Tight. You might have some cousins that might listen to this podcast. Like, why well, y'all dissing him out? No, I'm not dissing. I don't him. care. See, as that the, she She's a narcissist. Who asked their son to change his wedding day cut her own self? That's narcissist. But 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 here but and again, it took me a minute to get to that point. But then when I turned forty, and I'm fifty four now, so it's fourteen years ago, I had to realize that as the woman that she was and the choices that she made. And she one of the it. things, and even with, and, and again, I don't, if that's a label we want to put on it, so be it. But the reality of it is the script that we had to move on beyond that. So when I tell you, you're not her, so don't beat yourself about it. But then you just said it, but she is our mother. Well, we gave, that was a role because it was a birthright. Okay, because yeah. she carried us yeah. in her heart. But the choices that she made, and we've talked about choices, has built my inner strength where I love her. I mean, and I don't, and believe me, and I have to, I don't have to prove that to anybody. I love her because she's my mother. I love her. I don't like her. But for for the woman that she is and the choices that she made, 
I don't agree with. And so, uh, and, and this is funny. I don't even know if you know this. So when I turned 40 after the birthday party, I know I got my baby Elijah coming. I'm so excited about him coming. And, and I just really think that for her, not um, being a part of it, but she made a choice where even in yeah. our father's yeah. eyes, he hasn't been as involved as he should be with my children. And I had to tell him that. So look, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to cover it. My kids will be covered because my wife and I have made a commitment to them, but I also have to learn that commitment. I have to let them fly. And so I'm never going to hold over their head that you got to come do something for me in order for me to love you. And that's kind of how she was. And so when I think about the choices that she made as a, an adult, and you know, she wasn't young, dumb, but I got a letter. I don't know if it, Granny saw yeah, it and Dad yeah, saw it. Yeah, yeah, I got a letter about why, she, about, about why she didn't. And then I was like, okay, here's the period that I need. Okay, God, you keep sending me the signals. Stop chasing something that you don't want in my life. Stop trying to pretend, telling myself, stop trying to pretend that I got to convince her that she's missing out on something. She knows that already. Her suffering and what she's going through, it's got to be taken, you know, a, a toll on her. And I pray for her this way, that hopefully she'll find peace. And if she doesn't, there are people who have prayed for, for gifts and things like that who didn't get it in this life. My, my belief for her and my inner strength and where I had to find that. And I'm, I've had to rededicate myself to being my best friend for myself. And, and I'm thankful for having a loving wife that understands that because she sees the fact that, you know what, he really worked with but She might not say it all the time. And I want to be supportive of her. But I, one of the things I know, she don't have to compete with it. And I said, you, you know, you got me 100%. We ain't going nowhere. But to be happy within oneself is building that strength to accept those challenges, accept those things that's happened in your life. And that, and again, we talked about, you know, when we talk about rejection and acceptance, we got to get beyond it. We got to use that as a catapult. And part of the catapult is being able to live. And I think that you've said you moving to Seattle, you live it. You know, you live in your best life. I mean, there's many songs that talked about it. We don't always follow those patterns. And even with, you know, talking to my it's dad. It's such a surreal, it's such a surreal feeling because it's a, I've always inspired other people to follow their dreams, not realizing I have my own. Mm -hmm. And to be here, like I was talking to William, I said, this is so surreal for me because this is a dream. Because I found it in me packing. I found old, I looked up Seattle from 2010. And I was like, oh, I've been looking at this stuff since then. So for me, this is this is so surreal. I have to pinch myself. I had attack the first day I was here by myself. But I had to real it was just it, it was just kind of like, this is you. This is something you wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And like I said, it's not saying I dismiss everybody else's. I wanted my children to reach what they wanted to reach. So mm -hmm. that was always my goal. And it was never, then when they opened that window up for me and said, Mom, what about you? It was like, wow, I never really thought about that. Here I'm still saving money, but it was for just in case money of them. And it's 
to say stop it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that wasn't about us. What about you? So what turned and I into kid money turned into my movie. Well, oh, here's a, here's a here's a thing that's fun that's interesting, and I'm, and I'm just trying to remember who the author was of this thing about strength. Strength doesn't come from winning, you know, or nope. you know, pats on the back or awards. Uh, it's the struggle. Nope. It's the development of your own strengths. And when you go through hardships, um, and then you decide not to surrender to those things, and again, so that's. The, the thing that you kept fighting, you know, for yourself, you know, like, why would, you know, she's my mother. She's supposed to act like this. Yeah, we know what she's supposed to act like. But let's accept the fact that she did. Okay, let's say that and move on with it. <clears throat> and trying to psychoanalyze it or break it down to make it understanding it. Don't. It's not meant for you to understand. So that's the, stru- that's the thing that we have to deal with. And like I said, when I have to deal with my own um, transgressions of control, and again, I realize I'm not controlling my kids. I can't control my wife. Can't, I can't even control my cat. You know, or my dog for that matter, because they have a will of their own. But the thing is, is that you make those things, you make people comfortable so that they can catapult. There's a poem that I, um, and the kind of a quote I used when I was a principal, uh, and I used to tell the senior class is that, you know, I can't give you money. I know I gave you four years of your life and you allowed me to be a part of it. One of the things that's interesting about um, seeing those kids cross the stage and people, if you see any video of me at Central High School in Grand Rapids at their graduation when I was principal, I cried at every one of them. And partly because I wanted to make, part of that crying was happy and joy for them, but I was scared to death for every one of those kids because I would like to think that they had, that we did what we were supposed to do and I knew that we came up short. So I would always tell them this poem and, and uh, actually I think it's in one of Muskegon's yearbooks and I said, I need you to reach for the stars standing on my shoulder. But Amen. the reality of it is I'm standing on history for you. But you need to understand that when you jump, you might not always get to the star you want, but when you fall, don't be afraid of failure because I'm going to catch you. And part of the catching you is that hopefully we educated you to help you think about what's the next step. And then what happens when I catch you, I put you back on my shoulder. And so and there are a lot of that relationship. And, but even God has done that. And I don't know where that came from and why I said it that way. But we want our kids, we want each other to shoot for the scars and they jump from us. But you know what's funny about that? We don't always do it for ourselves. And so part of that inner strength is letting go and, and, and addressing those things that really, and I'm, as I'm speaking right now with my week that I've had about emotional ups and downs and trying to figure out well, why am I feeling this way? You know, am I depressed? You know, I'm not really depressed. It's just really, the, it was this, the spiral that I found myself in and I'm like, how do I stop it? Well, that's one of those things is now I got to submit. And once I submit and I said, you know, and my wife was talking about something and I said, stop, just hug me. And she's like, oh, and she just did. And that's like, that, we don't even have to talk about anything else. And and sometimes you have to do that for yourself. Go in the mirror, look at yourself. Let me, you, you're a superstar, you know? <laughs> or I'm really going to go buy myself a pair of shoes because it's not because I'm worried about money. I'm just going to buy myself a pair of shoes. And because that's it that. helps you deal with uh, knowing that their life is going to have the challenges. And I think one of the things that's interesting, podcast land, is that as we are figuring out how this new normal is going to happen, I am learning and I'm sharing with you is to take care of yourself. 
take I'm going to that. say, give me something to close with. I need to close it up. And it's think so about- funny because I can feel the vibe that you were actually going down that road. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you are your, like you said, you are your star player. And yeah, I'm going to shoot the J. I'm going to punt the football. I'm going to do all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but I also yeah. think that Understand that you that. may not always catch that ball, and you may not always have a good, uh, the perfect field goal. But that what 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 gets you through it is the perseverance that you have for yourself. Failure will help you grow, and yeah. I think that the more I think about where I am with and my piece of land, you know, I'm gonna hug my children. You know, my, my youngest is still here with me. My wife is still here. My dog still comes to me. All that kind of stuff. But I think <laughs> you have to build yourself to a point where it's okay not to do things. And here's, and, I, and this is a joke. This is a joke. It's a bad joke, but I'm going to say it. Watch <laughs> how, how often, and I've caught myself doing this myself. Have you caught yourself scrolling and you've been scrolling through your phone for about an hour and you can't put a story of what you actually looked at? That's part, that's part of what we're dealing with right now with this pandemic and the new normal that we have to go through. But my encouragement is, is to put that phone down, take a walk, ride your bike, go in your closet of secret space and just keep just telling even, yourself. You know, you can do the simplest thing. Just stand on the sidewalk and take a deep breath. Outside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, you say that in your podcast. You're going to take deep three breaths. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think that, and, it's, and it's not a bad thing. And I think, but I, the more people join on as one and part of as one is really hey, all, the, going, all of the pieces all of the pieces <laughs> that you are and who you are we serve different roles we serve different things that we have to get done we try to serve and try to be a servant and be a good servant but in the same time god wants your heart spend some quality time with him and spend some quality time with yourself if you do that your inner strength becomes stronger and uh, I'm a testimony of where you feel at your weakest and you have to call on somebody. And again, it's not a problem. I don't need anybody to fix it. I just need somebody to listen and not tell me how to fix it because I, I will figure that out myself. All right. Well, thank you, bro. He no will problem. be coming back with us once a month. We're going to close it out before it closes us out. Yep. <laughs> it will. Close us out. It will. Shut it I off. really appreciate this conversation we had. Five Love you days. always, babe. We will binge and listen to all five episodes back to back to back. Yes. He will be back with us uh, once a month. Like I said, thank you. Blessings on blessings to you all. Thanks for Take listening. Take a picture of the Space Needle and send it to me. Bye. All right. Love you. <laughs> Love you. Bye. <laughs> Bye.